3: We'd like to start this message by saying how much we appreciate all of our Patreon supporters. Executing the podcast is a huge financial and time commitment, and as such, it would be absolutely impossible to carry out without your support over the years. The purpose of this message is to announce that we are sweetening the pot for our current supporters and anyone who joins Patreon in the future. Currently under Patreon plans $5 and up, you receive an additional monthly trivia episode as well as our Ask Me Anything-styled crop drop. Beginning January 1st, 2024, we will be releasing weekly bonus trivia episodes personally written by the hosts in addition to the crop drop. As always, new and old Patreon members will also have access to our enormous backlog of bonuses upon joining. If you have been considering joining, we hope you will consider the new episodes as yet another invitation to sign up. We hope our current members will enjoy the influx of episodes and you will never be short of trivia content. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. And now... It's time for the show.
4: Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality.
3: Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Sitting right here very closely with Ken and Jeff. Breathing right on your neck. Right on your neck, whispering sweet nothings into your ear. How are you both today? You are ready to answer some questions, Neil? This is the ASMR episode. And now that
0: everybody's turned their uh, <laughs> volume way, way up.
3: Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, yesterday, uh ran my first 5K in 10 years. Yeah, how'd that go? It was good. Uh, I accidentally had you turned off, Jeff. I thought I had number three turned off, but oh. number four. I just turned That's you off, out, I guess. think subconsciously. I didn't want to hear your voice. But what oh. did what did you ask me?
4: Uh, I was wondering how that went for you, Neil.
3: Uh, it went well. I uh, my goal was uh, to run under thirty minutes, uh, and I got twenty nine oh three with a nine twenty two pace, which was good for me for for not Pretty doing good. a long time. And, yeah. And how much
4: did you get smoked by by a child a third your age?
3: Uh, yeah. The, the 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 fastest runner was a twelve year old who ran nineteen minutes for a five five <laughs> <Wow>. k. <5K>. So. <laughs> Uh, i didn't see who it was but i think i, Clearly, I probably cause
4: they, they left you way behind they were
3: yeah very behind and i almost lost to uh, a husband and wife pushing a stroller but i said at the end not today and i sprinted <laughs> in the final 100 yards so uh, yeah. you know
0: what? that probably makes it easier because they have like a support
3: i think it would i think it would they were like coast on a shopping cart they're probably doing that and i looked inside it wasn't even a real baby it was just a doll yeah there you go just yeah. a
4: 45 pound plate yeah,
3: um, but yeah, no, I'm doing well. Uh, Matt isn't here today. Uh, he was also in the 5K, but he was actually the guy, you know, shooting the gun to start it. Um, and uh, Too much closed... like
4: Plexico Burris, well, we're gonna leave that one. That
3: <laughs> only a few people get the Plexico Burris joke. So yeah, Matt isn't gonna be here today. He's uh, he's still waiting to get his uh, his cue to to fire the gun. But um, yeah, Godspeed. Uh, but we have some great guests today. And uh, Ken, I know uh, you're excited uh, about our first guest because we've been talking forever to see them in person. And uh, we just haven't had a chance to yet. We've only seen videos online, and they've all been very, very good. Uh, we like to call him uh, the uh, personification of the movie Warrior. He's the real-life warrior. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see Bill Begaman off the top rope. Bill Begaman, that's right. He's coming to us from the top rope from Robbinsdale, Minnesota, Oakland 5 supporter on Patreon. How are you, Bill?
5: I'm doing good. I spend very little time on the top turnbuckle, but but on occasion I do venture up there.
3: All right, well, maybe if we do see you live, maybe you throw us a little top top action if you can. I
5: can make that happen.
3: All right, cool. Well, uh, for some, for those that don't know, you... His opponent's uh, just like,
5: we didn't plan this. <laughs> yeah, <right.
3: laughs> He's like, I got to do it. The guys told me. It's
0: for you, Neil. I can't do this. I can't do it. Don't do it, man.
3: Uh, for those that don't know at home, uh, why don't you reintroduce yourself?
5: Yeah, my name's Bill Bagaman. I live up in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. A social studies teacher by day, professional wrestler by night. I also have a wife and some kids, so... Yeah, that's
3: me. Awesome. Well, we would love uh, having you here. You're actually uh, hosting today's game, so that'll be uh, something new for us uh, since the last time we've heard you, so we're, we're happy to have you here. And uh, we need a player. And uh, since uh, Matt isn't here, Ken needed a partner, and Ken uh, searched long and hard and wanted to get someone uh, just very smart and uh, who knows what they're doing. And we found someone, and it's going to be a Not A Robot Patreon supporter from Boston, Massachusetts. Sydney, how are you, Sydney?
2: Hi, guys. I'm great. Uh, happy to be here.
3: Happy to have you. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Uh, I am an attorney, uh, in Boston. Uh, and I've been a triviality fan since, uh, geek bowl was in Boston a few years oh, ago. Wow. Oh, cool. That's I first, awesome. Um, I wow. heard about it and <laughs> that goes back. heard about trivia podcasts in general. Uh, and yeah, big trivia fan, big jeopardy enthusiast. Um,
0: now, now did, just, did somebody hand you a card in Boston?
2: Uh, possibly, um, I just, you know, remember seeing, uh, you know, your logo and things oh, okay. like on, um, I think there was like on the slideshow or something. Um, I'm glad to hear it
3: works. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: that That's was, great. That was my introduction to, um, I didn't know trivia podcasts were a thing. And so, yeah, you guys were the first one I listened to. So. Awesome.
3: Huh? Well, we're so happy to have you on the show. Yeah. And can, can we add you to our, our long list of counsel if we need, need your help at some point? Yes.
2: I'm All right, great. happy to join the Triviality Law Firm.
3: Oh, wonderful. We're gonna, we'll are gonna we pay you a dollar so we have the confidentiality uh, set in stone. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, yeah, we're super excited to have you here and, and to have Bill here. But Ken, uh, what do we need before we play the game? Team names? We do need team names. I guess we <laughs> can start there. <laughs> so uh, me and Sydney uh, taking on the
0: wrestling um, theme, uh, there's a faction called Judgment Day. But I think if I were in that faction, I'd call it judgmental day oh for sure yeah so 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 we're
3: gonna be judgmental day your promos would just be judging the other wrestlers yeah um jeff uh, we wanted to come up with something a little bit more cerebral in honor of Triple H, a little more cerebral assassin. So, Jeff, uh, what are we going to be today?
4: Um, yeah, I, we really sat down, thought about it long and hard, and uh, we came up with what we think is incredibly clever here: um, the Fart
3: Foundation. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> thanks to thanks to Bill for that assist there. Uh, he yeah, gave us we the were, hot tag. We
4: were uh, we were struggling a bit, and uh, when in doubt, turn to Bill. Fart jokes.
3: <laughs> yeah, when in doubt, fart it out. Thanks, Jeff. Um, but yeah, Ken, we need a we need a rules read. Oh, no, that's, that's right. That's bad advice. Never trust a fart. <laughs> and last week we found out, Ken. How many times is the word the in uh, the rules read? What was it? Eight. It was eight. Eight times. So let's see if you can count at home. This is going be Darren doing his best, uh, Hulk Hogan doing a promo. De regels van het spel zijn simpel: 20 vragen
5: verdeeld over twee rondes, waarbij elke vraag 10 punten waard is. Halverwege is er een speciale swingronde, ontworpen door de host van deze week. Na deze rondes beginnen de spelers aan de finale, met de punten die ze hebben verdiend, en hebben ze de
1: mogelijkheid om 0 tot 30 punten in te zetten op 5 gecategoriseerde vragen. And at the, the spell, was iemand benumbed the cream of the crop. Cream rise to the top, oh, yeah.
0: And yeah, as I'm sure you counted, it
3: was eight times. Yeah, eight times in both uh,
1: English you, 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 and you Dutch. You count that, right?
3: Yeah. Uh, Bill, um, how did you feel about the rules read, and are you ready to go?
5: I felt great about the rules read, and I am ready to go.
3: All right, let's do it.
5: All right. So for round one, I kind of cheated, I did not write any of these questions. I stole these questions from the local trivia um, company that hosts a lot of pub trivia up here in, in the Twin Cities that me and a lot of my uh, trivia teammates attend. Um, it's called Trivia Mafia. I think they might have a presence in Illinois, too. Uh, you guys, I don't know if you guys have heard of them in Chicago, but Trivia Mafia is the name of the organization. They do really great trivia, fun trivia up here, and uh, every weekday... They send out a daily email that has five trivia questions in it. I hold on a lot of those emails to um, write the questions up on my whiteboard in class. And so I have picked 10 of my favorite questions to give you for round one today.
0: Very cool. So let's, uh, yeah, if you're around a place where Trivia Mafia does uh, shows, make sure you check them out.
5: Yeah, Yeah, they're super fun. So without further ado, question one. The furthest distance on Earth between two cities that are capitals of countries that share a land border is about 4,000 miles. For five points each, name those two capital cities. Note, for the purpose of this question, France and French Guiana are not the same country.
0: Well, uh, we can say for sure that Russia is the largest, yeah, right? Yeah,
2: Russia popped into my head and then just thinking...
0: Maybe like... We're- russia and china. yeah
2: either china or north korea maybe is east but yeah mm. i'm good with china and russia
0: okay so for russia what is it st petersburg moscow
2: okay. moscow
0: moscow and then for china is it beijing beijing or shanghai beijing, beijing? okay so we'll say moscow and beijing yeah so when i'm thinking
4: about this question um definitely thought of moscow right off the bat neil had that down pat um i think beijing is pretty far north and so i think just slightly farther they only have a small 17 or ish mile border but we're gonna guess that
5: it's actually north korea and so we said moscow and pyongyang Mm. full points to one team partial points to another the answer is moscow and pyongyang Moscow and Beijing are pretty far apart. Bill Bill tried to warn
0: you about teaming up with me before the game. (sighs) He tried to warn you. I can't take take responsibility for for what happens now, but I'll take the partial credit.
5: Question two. What candy company was founded in 1949 by the jovial owner of a Colorado horse farm? I think
2: I i'm locked in with a i guess i think i have
5: all right
0: sydney coming in clutch what are you guys thinking
3: okay so we got uh candy company 1949 i think that's after baby ruth that that had been around for a long time uh jovial owner jeff what words come to mind when you think of jovial happy happy yeah um that's it that's about it happy (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to think of happy candies uh Colorado I, horse farm. What I is can, that?
4: I can think of uh Happy Cheesemakers.
3: Yeah. I uh, don't think they're made out of horse meat or anything like that. <laughs> um the Rockies. So what do you think happens at a horse farm? <laughs> well I hope as when they say the horse, they're gonna go to the farm. I hope not. But um the Colorado horse farm, it has like Rockies in it maybe or um let me think Crunch? No. Mountain. It's I not Ferrara Pan. No. So whatever you want to go with, Jeff. I I'm at a total
4: loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this Coors Candy Company,
3: the Banquet of Candies. We will say, um, I guess Mars. Can't think of anything else. So
0: not, not too too much of an idea on this one.
3: No, this one uh, we we named a lot of companies, but we're 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 thinking conglomerate over individual brand, and we just can't think of any other conglomerates. So we said Mars. Okay, city.
2: I. First thing that popped in my head, uh, Jolly Ranchers. Or Jolly Rancher.
5: He is a jovial owner of a Colorado horse farm because he is indeed a Jolly Rancher.
3: (laughs) So we talked ourselves out of it. We were thinking conglomerate rather than just a brand, candy brand. I never knew that's why it was called that.
5: Question three. What appeared twice in Winnie the Pooh's name? when he first appeared in children's books in 1926, but were dropped from his name when he was acquired by Disney.
3: So Jeff, I know of one name that they for sure cut out uh, for Winnie the Pooh. And if you want to just go with your guess and we'll combine those, we'll see if we can get the the uh, extra points or, or both names here.
0: All right. Um, any ideas on this one right off the bat?
2: No. Uh... All I could think of was maybe if one of the words was repeated, like Winnie winny or, I don't know, poo-poo. <laughs> uh, those, none of them feel right, so I'm not sure.
0: Would you think it would be another word or something that's already included?
2: Uh, maybe another word or, like, something that rhymes, but... I
0: I, I kind of don't mind, like, Winnie the poo poo
2: Winnie the poo poo
0: <laughs> <laughs> It would make sense why they removed it.
2: Yeah. So is it? Are we looking for one word or two? Just I think one just word. One,
0: one thing appear that appeared twice. twice in the name.
2: Yeah. So I'm. Um, I mean, I'm good with like poo poo.
4: <laughs> I thought our team was all about the toilet humor,
3: but. Uh, yeah, we love poo poo as well. So I know for a fact. I think I'm. I could be wrong now. My memory might be failing me. But Edward was was a name that. When he had, at some point, Edward Bear, maybe? Teddy. And Teddy. And then Jeff said Bear, and I was like, well, maybe it's Edward Bear and then Winnie the Pooh Bear, and then they cut the bear, and then he just went to Winnie the Pooh. So we said Bear.
5: I wish the answer was Winnie the pooh Pooh, um, That would pair nicely with my Fart Foundation uh, team names um, suggestion earlier. But the the answer is actually, so no points to either team. The answer is dashes or hyphens. Oh, Oh. yeah, yeah. The dash poo.
3: I kind of remember that. Yeah. Oh, now that you say that, I, I think we've gotten that wrong like 10 years, six years ago, five years ago, whatever.
5: Question four. What fast food chain unsuccessfully attempted to trademark a unit of measurement twice? Once in 2007 and again in 2009. Hint. Once you hear the answer, the jingle will be in your head all day.
3: So we're talking about, uh, Jeff, all these different chains, Subway, Arby's, Wendy's, Burger King. We don't know a lot of them with jingles. Yeah, right.
4: So we're just going to go with the one
3: that sticks out first
4: to us, and um, we're going to say McDonald's.
0: All right, Sydney, what were you thinking?
2: Uh, Subway in the... $5 $5 foot long, which does have a catchy jingle. I, I thought you guys would maybe uh, get to it, but breezed right past it. So,
5: $5 foot long is the jingle. Subway is the correct answer.
4: What unit of measurement did they try to trademark? The foot, foot long. long.
5: But they were only 11 inches. I think that was part of the
4: hang-up. <laughs> <laughs> as, as
3: a lawyer, Sydney, would they have gotten in trouble? If they said it was a foot long, but it was only 11 inches. No, no.
4: See, because the foot (laughs) long, if it's a name, so the foot long is a trade name. It's not a unit of measurement. (laughs) It could be
1: be (laughs) four (laughs) inches.
5: Because, yes, they would be trademarking foot long, not foot.
3: Right. Mm, Okay.
5: Question five. I value xylophones like cows do milk. This is a mnemonic device to help you remember what?
2: I have no idea on this one. I value xylophones.
0: Oh, I think I know what it is. I think I got it. I think it's uh, Roman numerals, right? Oh. Look at the first letters.
2: oh, yep. Yep, 1, five, ten, Yep, that's it.
0: Yep, and this is something I need, too, because I'm not good with Roman numerals. <laughs> that's so weird. that's what we're saying.
4: You don't know your uh, MCMXVII. Let's Just answer the f- question. <laughs> We said Roman
5: numerals Points to both teams The correct answer is Roman numerals
3: After 5 It looks like uh, Team Fart Foundation uh, Holding in a little too much Not really releasing a lot of points here So we only have 20 And uh, it looks like Judgmental Day uh, 35, so nice little lead It's all thanks to Sydney
5: Question 6 The Clark School for the Deaf has been teaching it since 1867. George H.W. Bush called on his supporters to do it in 1988. A YouTube channel with over 8 million subscribers is dedicated to doing it poorly today. What is it?
0: I'm sorry to say nothing's jumping out at me. I think, I
2: don't know, the George Bush um, piece is the all the piece like i'm not quite sure but i was thinking maybe is it, there a youtube channel called like bad lip reading where they do you like fake mm. overdubbing oh. for um like movie trailers and things like that um
0: yeah I, I like that lip reading yeah that sounds good oh yeah george
2: bush oh, said read, read my, my lips. lips no more t-
0: yeah. yeah okay That's great it. answer
4: Yeah, well done to you guys for figuring it out. Uh, Read my lips. There will be uh, no new taxes. That worked out very well for Mr. George H.W. Bush. Uh, We said lip reading. And hopefully it's a good one.
5: Points to both teams. The answer is lip reading. Question seven. The German word for fright is, coincidentally, also the last name of the actor who played Nosferatu in 1922. Drop a C and it is the last name of Christopher Walken's character in Batman Returns. Drop another C, and it's the name of a children's book character invented in 1990 who became a movie character in 2001. What is that German word?
3: We can lock in.
0: I think I know this one from the...
3: Um... Willem Dafoe movie?
0: Well, no, just just knowing the, uh, the actor who played Nosferatu. I think it's... Max Shrek, uh, uh, Shrek spelled with two C's, one after the S and one after the the E. So you could you could drop C's from there and get to Shrek,
3: the character. Do you like that, Cindy? Shrek. Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah, I have no idea on this one. So that, yeah.
3: Yeah, we think it is Max Shrek as well. I think it's spelled S C H R E C K.
5: Points to both teams. The answer is Shrek.
0: No, our film studies, Neil. That's right. See, I could get a movie question right.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Not they're, often, they're not but all
0: you
4: do. For, they're not. No one
3: doubted <laughs> you. They're not all for you, Neil. <laughs> Did you say you often do? No, I said not often because two episodes <laughs> ago he got one wrong, but didn't say anything about it. No, Ken. Ken gets a lot of movie questions right. They're all for you, Neil. All for you. That's see, Bill understands though what you don't understand. You have to play into the bit, Ken. I'm playing. You play into the bit. I'm playing. You're
4: falling right into it.
3: That's true. Just picking up here. Comes the kendo stick. There. It's coming for you.
5: <laughs> Number eight. What element of suburban design, which gets its name from the French for bottom of the bag, was the subject of a pluralization debate on Gilmore Girls.
4: I watched this episode yesterday. We're in. Well, good for you.
0: <laughs> but I would say. I mean, when I think of... Richard and Emily got hot under the collar. When I think of suburban design, I think of those roundabouts at the end of streets, you know. Usually it's three or four houses surrounding it. I believe that's called a cul-de-sac.
2: Yeah, and that sounds or looks French, so that works for me.
0: I don't know why. Just answer the question, Jeff. (laughs) This is going to be a new running bit. (laughs) (laughs) Just as soon as he looks like he's about to get going.
4: (laughs) Wanted you. I just wanted to do my my Rory Lorelei bit, Ken. But fine, we'll say that the uh, answer was the plural
0: calls to sack. I don't. I don't like this Gilmore Girls version of Jeff.
5: <laughs> Whether it's calls to sack or call the sacks, that is the correct answer. Call the sack.
4: I know it's wrong, but it sounds right.
5: Number nine, perhaps my favorite question of the bunch. What fictional fruit? was invented in 1958, when it was discovered that the food dye red number two is carcinogenic.
3: I really have no idea on this one, Jeff. I cannot think of a fictional fruit. That's what throw me. In 1958. Yeah, initially I wanted to say uh, this word here, but that's not a fruit. But I was just thinking around that time period. (laughs) It is
4: if you're Ronnie Reagan. (laughs) Uh,
3: That's that's true. Uh, For any any clue listeners out there. Uh, Um, So I don't know, Jeff, you can lock in with this one because I'm... I thought I was somewhere, but I'm not. Yeah, I don't know how you would invent a fictional fruit.
0: Um, but
4: yeah, I'm I'm at a loss.
0: Okay, right. we're just gonna lock in with a guess. What about uh, like juicy fruit?
2: Oh, like gum? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's that's an ugly yeah. gum, you know. <laughs> Tastes pretty good for about four seconds. And I really like juicy fruit. Yeah, and it's, but it's not really colored anyway, right?
2: Uh, yeah, well, but at least you you consume it. That would make sense. I don't know. Fictional fruit in the year for some reason. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory popped into my head, and I was thinking like strawberries. <laughs> oh, The rest of the question. It mean, could the be. Rest of the question wouldn't make sense. um So yeah, I like I
3: like juicy. Rodell fruit. really hated kids. All right, juicy fruit. Yeah, we had no idea. We just said ketchup.
5: No points awarded this round. This is a flavor that we've all probably had at some point in time, but if you think about it, you've never actually seen this fruit out in the wild or in a produce section. It is blue raspberry. Oh,
3: oh. that's true. Kinda and of I like
4: were talking about that recently how, like, none of the flavors are the actual flavors. Just like, oh, I just believe that this thing that tastes like wallpaper is banana.
2: The yeah. berries <laughs> taste like snowberries. <laughs>
4: I don't know what wallpaper tastes like, honestly.
5: And number 10. Gerald Holtham created a design in the 1950s that combined the semaphore codes for N and D, standing for nuclear disarmament. What is the symbol known as today?
0: Oh, I think I remember this one. I think it might be like what we would know as the peace sign. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. Thinking of like nuclear disarmament, the um, peace sign, or like the nuclear fallout symbol, shelter. Some nuclear fallout shelter symbol popped into my head, but um, yeah, I think peace sign makes more sense. So I think that's a good guess. Okay,
0: we'll say peace sign,
5: and we
4: agree. We uh, we think this is the peace sign.
5: Gerald Holtum must have been a bleeding heart hippie because the answer is indeed the peace sign.
3: After the uh, first round concludes here, it looks like Team Fart Foundation is going to be picking up 40 points, bringing their total to 60, and also picking up 40 points is Judgmental Day, but they are still holding on to their lead by 15 points, bringing their total to 75 Before we get to the swing around, Bill, and find out what you have in store for us, just wanted to say thank you to both Bill and Sydney for being Patreon supporters. You can join them by going to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. And why should a prospective Triviality listener join Patreon, Jeff? Neil, you ask me this all the
4: time. And you
0: never know what to say.
4: And I (laughs) I always know what to say, which is we have so many great perks over at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast, including, you know, ad-free episodes, early releases, bonus episodes there's something for everybody if you're interested in supporting the show financially we would be so
3: grateful and in return there's a little something for you over there so go check it out patreon.com slash triviality podcast and in true honor of the podcast sydney uh i normally throw it to jeff without any warning i'm gonna do it to you by vamping here a little bit so you know that i'm coming to you here with this question but i wanted to know uh you found us at geek bowl in boston which was basically when we started the show so just curious why are you still listening? Yeah, you really prepped her for that one. <laughs>
2: um, no, just I've you know I've been a fan since uh, since I first started listening. I you know I don't think I realized it was you know still new uh, you know that many years ago. Although I guess it probably there wasn't that many episodes yet. Um, but yeah, just it's I think it's uh, just a great listen. You guys have great chemistry um you know especially during the pandemic and everything it was like a great substitute for pub trivia um and just yeah well thank you i think the the quality and um the camaraderie is is just you know
0: even even when i'm but, digging into jeff pretty hard
3: yeah but, but we know it's all in good fun <laughs> i love jeff yeah of course yeah it's all in good fun we Sorry, af- jeff. after right after jeff? Of course, Uh, Ken. uh, What Bill doesn't know is after we record every episode, we go into a dark dungeon and have a fight club, and then until we heal, that's when we can record again. Heal. You're not allowed to talk about that. (laughs) That's true. Uh, Well, Bill, uh, what do you have in store for us for the swing round?
5: So my swing round is titled First Tracks, and I wrote a little descriptor here. For this round, I will give you the name of the first track of an album and the year that album was released. Your job is to name both the artist that created the album, for three points, and the album title, for two points. A couple tips too. Tip number one, each of the albums is listed by Wikipedia as a top 100 selling album of all time, so these are pretty well known albums. And tip number two, none of the albums are self-titled, i.e. Boston's Boston. Nor do they share a name with the title of the first track, i.e. Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. I will list the first, uh, or the the ten first tracks that I have, as well as the years, right now. Number one, Let's Go Crazy, 1984. Number two, Speak to Me, 1973. Number three, Man... I Feel Like a Woman, 1997. Number four, Come Together, 1969. Number five, Rolling in the Deep, 2011. Number six, All I Really Want, 1995. Number seven, Don't Know Why, 2002. Number eight. Funeral for a friend slash love lies bleeding nineteen seventy three. Number nine, red intro, nineteen ninety six. And number ten, wanna be starting something, nineteen eighty two.
0: All right, we have our questions. We'll be right back and see how we do.
1: So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we
0: are back with our answers. Uh, We'll get these questions one more time. Just a reminder to the audience that the artist will be worth three points, the album will be worth two for each of these.
5: So first track, number one, was Let's Go Crazy from the year 1984.
0: We said Van Halen,
4: Jump. Neil, you donned your uh, frilly cravat and said Purple Rain by
5: Prince. This is Prince's Purple Rain album. First track, number two, Speak to Me, 1973.
2: We said Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon.
4: One of two albums I like to use when I calibrate my surround sound Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon.
5: This indeed is Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. The other first album track... is
3: uh, Paula Abdul's first album.
5: It is. Yeah.
4: Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> do a lot with the stereo work. I just enjoy it.
5: First track number three Man, I Feel Like a Woman, 1997. We said, Come on over, Shania Twain
0: we did say shania twain we had no idea what the album was called so we just said it was called country girl
5: love that guess would have been a better album name it is shania twain and the album is called come on over
0: it's not a
4: really bad song by luke bryant i don't know you think i I listen to luke bryant
3: constantly
0: i i use it to calibrate my surround sound
3: (laughs) And it's actually an artist. as kind of says Luke Bryant with a T, because yeah. Luke Bryant, uh, his actual albums just aren't good for sound, surround sound, apparently. So
0: Is it Luke Bryant? Yeah. It's just Luke Bryant. Oh, okay. Yeah. My mistake. know. Oh, right. you're listening to a more indie version. I mean, of... I, listen, I know all country musicians have two first names, but that's fine.
4: And also, listen, I don't own a surround sound system, but if you have
0: one. <laughs> it's all a lie. It's all a lie. <laughs> Everything this man says is a lie.
5: First track number four, Come Together. 1969.
3: They'll have this one. Yeah, uh, we knew it was the Beatles, and uh, we were trying to figure out what album it was, and we knew towards the end of their run, we think Abbey Road was the the one that this one was on.
2: We also said Beatles. Wasn't too sure on the album, but we landed on uh, Revolver.
0: We spun the barrel.
5: The question with this one was, which Beatles album is it? And it was Abbey Road. First track number five, rolling in the deep 2011
0: uh we said
3: adele and we went with 23. Ooh, i wonder if we made a mistake though jeff i know there are age numbers but we said adele and we thought her really really big hit one was 21 could be we were we were on the fence
5: this is adele and she was 21 (sighs) son
0: of a
3: (laughs) For trivia purposes, if I remember, I, I, I wrote this question for the calendar that's released uh, often, but uh, I believe this album was the one that unseated uh, NSYNC's No Strings Attached for, for their record-breaking number of weeks at number one. A dark day for Neil. It was a dark day for me, that's true. And then I listened to, to uh, some of her ballads to help me get over it.
5: First track number six, All I Really Want, 1995.
3: Boy, we
0: did not know this one. Uh, we said Ace of Bass, and the album was All That She Wants.
4: Nice. I was thinking about that. Um, yeah, for 95 Smash Records, um, you'd be forgiven for forgetting this because there I think there were five standout uh, other pieces on this track, um, tracks on this uh, album, but we said Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill.
5: I still think we should find a way to work Ken singing Paula Cole um, into this <laughs> podcast somehow. <laughs> But yes, the answer is Alanis Morissette's "Jagged Little Pill."
0: Clearly, Paula Colton, all she really wanted was their lives to be over. But <laughs> and Jeff, please get your hand out of my pocket.
5: First track number seven, "Don't Know Why," two thousand two.
2: We said uh, Nora Jones, pretty confident on the artist, but for the album, just said "Tomorrow." You know, came up with something generic. She
3: was a big Annie fan. Yeah,
2: <laughs> exactly.
3: Yeah, this one we knew was Nora Jones uh, because we watched uh, a bunch of dramatic movies and rom-coms, and fast-forwarded to the slow dance scene, uh, but we couldn't figure out the album title, so we just said it was Moonlight.
5: It is Nora Jones' album title is another track you might have heard of hers, "Come Away with Me." Oh, that makes a lot more sense. Uh, First track number eight, "Funeral for a Friend" slash "Love Lies Bleeding." 1973.
0: We Weren't too sure. We just said The Clash and their iconic London calling. Yeah, I think we're going to let Taron Edgerton do a better
4: job on this double feature. We said Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. By who?
5: Elton John. Thank you. This is Elton John. Goodbye Yellow Brick Road.
3: Or Reginald Dwight, I'm sure, would have been accepted, his legal name.
5: Oh,
4: no. No, because that's not the artist. Elton mm-hmm. John is the artist. Reginald Dwight's just some guy who grew up to be Elton John.
3: Just like... Jeff Culver isn't the host. It's actually that's my art my artist name. Your artist I don't, name. Your I don't real name is. I chose such a vanilla artist name. But your re- real name is Red Denim. <laughs> Speaking of red,
5: there you go. First track number nine, maybe the toughest one. Red Intro, nineteen ninety
0: six. Uh, we had no idea. We just said no doubt and Tragic Kingdom.
4: Yeah, you're killing me, Neil. Um, softly. Softly.
3: Yeah, this one I I knew it was hip hop, and it just took me forever to get to it. But it, uh, yeah, we said uh, the Fugees and the score.
5: Yeah, I was hoping the, the intro title would kind of lead people to the hip hop genre. And in 1996, the big album was The Fugees, The Score. And number 10, Wanna Be Starting Something, 1982.
0: Uh, not too sure on this one. We said Michael Jackson. Maybe it was Thriller. Yeah, uh, we knew it was definitely uh, MJ. And we too said Thriller.
5: Michael Jackson, Thriller is the correct answer.
3: In true Swing Round fashion, it looks like the Swing Round lived up to its name. So both teams uh, getting some points here. Judgmental Day going to pick up 22 points, bringing their total to 97. And taking the lead for the first time here, picking up 48 points, is Fart Foundation at 108. Forgot how stupid our day was.
5: Okay, round two. I'm a little worried about this round because, Neil... But I titled this round not a movie round, and I'll read my little descriptor here. While none of the questions in this round are about cinema or motion pictures per se, the answer to each of these questions will share a name with an Academy Award Best Picture nominee. As an extra hint, the year that the film received its nomination will also be included in the question. Okay. I'm uh, movies are not my strength, so this was kind of my attempt to. To do some digging into some movies and come up with some creative questions. So
0: Well, Neil, that should be very beneficial to you and you alone. Um, uh, definitely yeah. not me.
3: Definitely not um, yeah, definitely not Ken. Because
0: I, I hate movies. Uh yeah, go ahead, Bill. Let's get the get the round.
5: Question one. 1999. While their ability to perceive paranormal activity is in question, magneto reception in pigeons, echolocation in dolphins and electro reception in platypuses are all abilities that could be accurately described as what we're locked in, Neil. Oh, um,
2: 1999. Could this be the sixth sense?
0: Hmm.
2: That nominated?
0: Yeah.
4: I like that. Um, I'm a big advocate for expanding beyond the classical five senses. I think we have many more than that, but we agree. Uh, we said the sixth sense.
5: Magnetoreception, echolocation, electroreception, all examples of a sixth sense.
3: But which one gets 5G? Telekinesis. (laughs) Telekinesis, but that's the thing. You can get telekinesis, but your cell phone will only get 3G for the rest of your life. you take it? (laughs) Sometimes I feel like I've been dead
0: this whole time on this podcast. (laughs) Just talk. nobody, Nobody hears what I say.
5: Question two in Not A Movie Round. 2019. The idea for this game component had its origins in the game of Euchre, where blank specimens that were included in the set but not intended for actual play were used as trumps. What is the funny name that later began to appear on these specimens, often accompanied by a cartoonish illustration?
4: Neil, uh, I'm going to go ahead and once again lock in. I'm that was just, redundant. I'm, you know, I'm going to go ahead and lock
3: in. I'm just going to let you lock in, and then you can just ask me if it was a Best Picture nominee, and then I'll, that, that way I feel better about myself without getting anything wrong. So we can lock in. So um,
0: what well, we're talking about, 2019, one of the prominent movies that came out was uh, Joker. And I've often used Jokers in uh, card games as
4: well. Oh, yeah. So yeah,
2: playing cards, yep.
0: How's about Joker?
2: Yep. I like it.
4: We agree. We said Joker.
5: These blank specimens did eventually become the Joker cards. Points to both teams. Question three and not a movie round. 1987. When it comes to the historical chronology of their respective countries, what trait do Romulus Augustulus, Atahualpa, and Hirohito all share?
3: We can lock in.
0: <laughs> yeah, Cindy, I have a strong, uh, strong idea on this one. Do you have an idea?
2: Uh, what tree? Uh No. <laughs>
0: I believe uh, these people were the uh, last uh, rulers of their their respective countries, but more specifically, last emperors.
2: Emperor.
3: Okay. Yep. We are going to lock in with the last emperor.
5: I have placed an asterisk next to the name of Hirohito after play testing this question with some of my social studies colleagues, who say that. Japan still has a ceremonial emperor, therefore Hirohito is not technically the last emperor. But if you type into Google who was Japan's last emperor, Hirohito does come up because the answer to this question is the last emperor. Question four. 2022. In 1992, Americans voted on a matter of vital national importance. Should a new U.S. postage stamp feature a younger version of this person? Or an older version of this person? The younger version won in a landslide on its way to becoming the most popular postage stamp in U.S. history. Who did this stamp portray?
3: I
2: am locked in for this one.
5: All right.
3: Yeah, so Jeff, I think uh, this has got to be the king. Got to be Elvis. Pretty face. Uh, They probably didn't want the version of Elvis eating the the peanut butter banana sandwiches, whatever we have eating. <laughs> so we said Elvis.
2: Elvis is uh, what I was thinking of too.
5: I was debating working some hound dog or some all right mama into this question, but you guys didn't need it. The answer was Elvis.
3: Yeah, I a story I wanted to tell, uh, you know, thinking about this question was uh, Jacob Elordi is in the new uh, movie about uh, Priscilla Presley, directed by Sofia Coppola, and uh, you have Um, You know the version of Elvis that Boz Lerman did uh, with one of Ken's favorite actors. He's drinking water now, but uh, he can come back here. Uh, Austin Butler. Anyway, he's not really your favorite actor, but Austin Butler. Really one thing. I know (laughs) he spent three years, you know, perfecting his Elvis accent, and now they're saying that Jacob Elordi is even better, and he'd never even heard Elvis before except for Lilo and Stitch. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) And
5: he's like British, right? He's Australian. Australian, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That hurts.
3: It does hurt, yeah.
5: (laughs) Question five in Not a Movie Round. 1994. Particularly popular during the first half of the 20th century, this type of literature gets its name from the low-quality paper on which it was often printed. It is also known for its lurid, sensational stories and its exploration of themes that could include things like great vengeance and furious anger. What is the name of this literary genre? We are locked in.
2: So, yellow journalism is what popped into my head, but um. Well, I'm, I'm kind of I mean getting
0: a, I'm kind of getting a hint uh, due to the uh, latex suit that uh, Jeff is
3: wearing across from me. Here, wait, Jeff, take the take the uh, the big apple thing out of your mouth first before you talk. <laughs>
0: He's got the gag in his mouth. Uh, I think we're gonna go with uh, Pulp
3: Fiction for this one oh yep yep i uh quickly and mentally went through the 1994 uh best picture because it's one of the best years of movies ever and i was like which one would make a good question and i wrote down pulp fiction and thankfully it was that so we locked in pulp fiction i'm surprised because your favorite movie for, is from 1994 it is shawshank redemption yeah
5: the answer is indeed pulp fiction debated whether or not i should throw in the great vengeance and furious anger but uh
3: after the first half of the second round, the scores uh, were basically the opinion that Quentin Tarantino has about himself. Perfect. Uh, both teams scoring 50 <laughs> points. Uh, so it looks like the Judgmental Day is going to be 147, and Fart Foundation will be at 158. So very and close well, game. And much like
0: Quentin Tarantino, we're going to get to the 10th question, then we're going to be done. That's, tr- that's true.
3: Very good point.
5: Question six in Not a Movie Round, 2008. Of the 30 U.S. states that have designated an official state beverage, which beverage is by far the most popular, having been selected by 20 of the participating states?
3: So uh, we were going through the Best Picture nominees, and I believe this is the year Sean Penn won his second Oscar, uh, playing Harvey Milk. So we uh, we put milk for yeah, our answer.
0: I reluctantly am putting milk because I don't want to drink it. <laughs> You don't want bovine lactose? I do not. How about some of this bovine lactose?
5: Indiana's state beverage is water. Nebraska's state beverage is Kool-Aid. But 20 of the participating states chose milk. Milk is the the correct answer. Wow. Hmm. I'd love to see Sean Penn play the Kool-Aid man, though. Oh, yeah. (laughs) When he gets that third Oscar.
3: (laughs) Yeah, he's just filled with rage. I don't want to break through any walls anymore will walk up to the
0: stage, clutching that Oscar, and just say, oh, yeah.
5: <laughs> Question seven. 1943. This city has a population of over 3 million people, making it the most populous city in its region. It is also considered a global financial center, ranking 54th in the year 2022, and outperforming cities such as New Delhi, Istanbul, and Mexico City. It is a poor city, specializing in the export of phosphate, but it supports many other thriving industries as well, including fishing, furniture production, glass, textiles, leatherwork, spirits, and cigarettes. What city is it?
2: Based on the year, I was thinking Casablanca. Um...
0: Yeah, that that was definitely my first impression too. Just kind of looking at the question here, just making sure it might fit the categories. I, I think that's a good answer, and 43 seems about right.
4: And... Uh... We choose at Casablanca.
5: Casablanca is correct. Here's looking at you, Bill. Question eight in Not A Movie <laughs> Round. 2018. Often thought to be its own distinct species, this animal is actually just a different colored version of one of two other species. Those two species come from different parts of the world. But even when sporting their more traditional tawny coats are still often confused with one another due to their spots. What is the more common name used to describe the melanistic variant of these two species?
3: All right, we we did some reasoning over here and uh, kind of uh, put it up against what we thought were Best Picture nominees. We're going to lock in. Okay, Sydney, you're kind of nodding and have a good idea for this one. What were you thinking?
2: Based on the year and that it's an animal, I was thinking Black Panther.
0: Yeah. 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 And it was nominated. Yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 I like it. Let's go with it.
3: Yeah, initially we had written down the animal Green Book, um, but uh we uh, officially locked in with
0: Black the Panther. Green Book, the best movie of the last twenty years, <laughs> easily.
5: This is one of those where I knew I wanted to write a question about the movie and learned all this information in researching the species that the movie is named after, um, which actually isn't even a species; it's a black panther, which is a, just a melanistic variant of the jaguar or the leopard, apparently. So points to both teams.
3: You don't recognize the yeah. Well, there's two there's two versions of that. You could do the yeah, which is teenage mutant ninja turtle. Teenage mutant ninja turtles. Yeah, t- yeah. Secret secret yeah. of the ooze. Yeah. That's my, one of my favorite all time. the time. The yeah. second version yeah. I was saying is is uh, Goldie. Kirk, Kirk with the Frog? Well, no, yeah. I was saying, well, yeah, that too. I was thinking <laughs> of Goldie from Back to the Future when he goes, yeah, Mayor. Mayor.
5: Yeah, yeah,
4: I was doing the Mayor Goldie Wilson. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Question nine in Not a Movie Round, 1976. What was the nickname of the 41st Vice President of the United States? whose last name was also used to describe more moderate and liberal members of his political party, particularly those from the Northeast and Midwest.
3: Okay, Jeff and I wrote down some of the nominees that we knew from this year. It was a pretty famous year for for who won, Um, and we think one of them fits uh, a nickname. Well, I'm having trouble coming
0: at this from either angle. Sydney, did you have anything jumping out at you for Um. now?
2: Based on the year, Rocky, you know, I thought of Rocky and I thought maybe that could be mm. a nickname for someone. Um, and then I I think, don't know who
0: that would be, but I like your intuition. I
2: think one of the Rockefellers, maybe Nelson, not sure where that's coming from, um, was the vice president for someone. Um, I would have guessed, you know, probably earlier than 41. 41, I think would be like well into the the 20th century, but I'm thinking maybe Rockefeller and then I was, I love it. I love your
0: intuition. Yep. Let's go Rocky.
4: So, um, actually it's not too far off in the modern era. Um, quite a few of the earlier presidents who vacated office by means of dying, um, didn't often have their vice presidents replace them, and then replace the vice president until much later. Um, so we believe that uh, this is Rocky, named for Nelson Rockefeller, uh, who was Gerald Ford, the 38th president's VP.
5: Nelson Rockefeller is the vice president in question. Uh, Rockefeller Republicans were moderate and liberal uh, Republicans from the Northeast, which used to be a thing, and his nickname was Rocky. <laughs>
2: nice. He totally it. Well done, <laughs> I don't know where it came from, but...
5: And the last question in Not A Movie Round, question 10, 2007. Sailing to Byzantium is a poem by William Butler Yeats. In this poem, Yeats sails to the title city because he has determined that his current location, a place with, quote, the young in one another's arms, birds in the trees, those dying generations at their song, end quote is a place where he no longer belongs at this late stage in his life. In other words, as the first line of the poem states, Yates' current location is a place that is what?
3: Oh, wow. We can lock in. Wow.
0: So the other team did some crazy reasoning here on their end, knowing the movies and maybe knowing a little bit about this poem. you have any ideas?
2: So at first I was thinking maybe something... Biblical, like I think there was a movie called like Babel or Babylon, but I think that's a little bit older. And then, uh, based on talking about aging and uh, you know, getting older, then I thought of um, the one with uh, he plays like an assassin, um, No Country for Old Men, I think. I don't know, 2007 may be location a little... is a
0: place that is no country for old men. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's a great answer, and it fits in with the the end of the question. So let's go for it.
3: Yeah, so we wrote down um, what we thought the nominees were. There will be blood, uh, no country for old men, Michael Clayton, Juno, which we knew it was a location. Uh, but yeah, we, we just went with location uh, and said Juno. It's crazy.
5: The young in one another's arms, birds in the trees, no those dying generations men. at their song. This place is no country for old men. Yeah,
0: I forgot that. What that a coincidence! Also... What a coincidence that you know it's the name of that book, "No Country for Old Men," and also in this poem. Just a coincidence, I'm sure.
3: Oh yes, of course. Not, not borrowed. Um, wow, Sydney is a. Uh, force to be reckoned with here.
0: Who's the film buff now, Neil?
4: Who's the real assassin, actually? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I named all the, the nominees from that year. Okay. Uh, Judgmental Day, you're paid up 100 points. You were perfect that round, bringing your total to 197. And Jeff, we only picked up 90 points unfortunately. Pathetic. But it still gives us one point lead over the other teams. <laughs> one point? <laughs> 198. Yep. For <laughs> once, it truly is anybody's game. So, what are our final round categories?
5: Um, I love the idea of Juno just being a place that old man can't travel to, too. But the final, um, the final five categories, I decided to go my own wheelhouse for this last round. So, your your five categories are U.S. history, cats, professional wrestling, books, and Minnesota sports. The
0: waiters are now locked in, and uh, they're kind of all over the place. What did you guys end up doing?
3: Well, Jeff kind of forced my hand here. He said, why don't we just go all in and see if we can finish this thing? So that's what we did. All right. Let's see if you can. Let's have the questions.
5: Question one in U.S. history. You probably know that the teddy bear was named after U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt. You may not know, however, that Roosevelt's successor, William Howard Taft, tried to duplicate the success of the teddy bear by creating a stuffed version of what other North American mammal, which for many, probably doesn't rank very high on the cuteness scale. Question 2 under cats. One of the many great things about being a cat owner is that cats are very clean, spending as much as 50% of their day grooming themselves. An added bonus is that in addition to grooming, Many cats also practice allo-grooming, which means that they, what? Question three in professional wrestling. The two most famous professional wrestlers to come out of my adopted hometown of Robbinsdale, Minnesota, share a lot of things in common. Both were born in 1958 and reached the height of their wrestling careers in the late 80s and early 90s. Both predominantly worked as arrogant heels and chose ring names that advertised their flawlessness and or sex appeal. Both suffered untimely deaths in their early 40s. Name either of these Robinsdale wrestlers. Number four under books. Co-written with Alex Haley, whose autobiography, which is widely regarded as one of the most important nonfiction works in American history, was published posthumously in 1965, nine months after his assassination. And question five under Minnesota Sports. When it comes to championship droughts by state in men's professional sports, Minnesota is the driest by far. Of its four major professional sports teams, the Twins were the last to bring home a championship, by winning the 1991 World Series. Minnesota's other three teams, the Timberwolves, Vikings, and Wild, have never won a championship in their respective leagues. When you put all that together, how many consecutive championship-less seasons have these four teams completed since that World Series victory in the fall of 91? Closest guess gets the points.
0: All right, we have our questions. Let's uh, go to a break, see if we can figure these out.
3: That's the IGN Daily Update,
5: wherever you get your podcasts.
0: The answers are now all locked in. Let's go ahead and uh, run back to questions, see who will be today's cream of the crop. Hope it's us.
5: So the first final round question was in U.S. history. You probably know that the teddy bear was named after U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt. You may not know, however, that Roosevelt's successor, William Howard Taft, tried to duplicate the success of the teddy bear by creating a stuffed version of what other North American mammal, which for many probably doesn't rank very high on the cuteness scale.
0: We wagered 30 points on this one, and we thought nothing more American than the bison.
4: Yeah, uh, we also wagered 30 points, and I just don't know why the billy possum never caught on.
5: The answer is the billy possum. Fuck. Not the cutest Fuck. animal. I would love but... a stuffed possum. To <laughs> I, be I wrote
4: billy possum so fast. I don't know if you saw me. I, I love that
5: question. How did you know that, Jeff?
0: Because um, I because he's a freak. It was a CBT. G- no, G- no, G-Gray no. I video. read a I read a
4: story about how the teddy bear came to be in the first place. What's and the everyone... guy's name? CGPT Gray. CGP Gray. Chat GPT Gray. Exactly. So no, I read a story about how the teddy bear came up, and everybody thought it was because Roosevelt was being like generous for like not, they trapped this smaller bear, and it's like oh look at him, he has such a heart. But the truth of the matter is, he thought it wasn't very sporting to catch a small bear. And so he wasn't going to just kill the it. mom. Bear. Well, it was, it was tied against the tree. He wasn't going to just shoot it against a tree. That wasn't very sporting. He had someone else do it. Okay. So
5: <laughs> it, it makes a good, it's a cute stuffed animal, the belly possum. If, if you haven't seen it, look it up. I would, I would love to cuddle with one of those. Question two cats. One of the many great things about being a cat owner is that cats are very clean. Spending as much as 50% of their day grooming themselves. An added bonus is that in addition to grooming, many cats also practice aloe grooming, which means that they what?
0: Uh, For 15 points on this one, we're saying that they groom others.
3: And Jeff, you felt uh, some sort of kinship with this answer?
4: Yeah, uh, we agree. We said that uh, they will clean each other. They are social groomers.
5: They will groom each other, and perhaps your cat has also even tried to groom you. That is what owl grooming is, so points to both teams.
0: They're the drake of the animal kingdom. <laughs> and after this uh, episode is uh, recorded, I can't wait to take our communal shower,
3: as we do after every episode. <laughs> like the scene in Starship Troopers, just like <laughs> That's that. That's right. Snapping you with the towel.
5: <laughs> Question three, professional wrestling. The two most famous professional wrestlers to come out of my adopted hometown of Robbinsdale, Minnesota, share a lot of things in common. Both were born in 1958 and reached the height of their wrestling careers in the late 80s and early 90s. Both predominantly worked as arrogant heels and chose ring names that advertised their flawlessness and or sex appeal. Both suffered untimely deaths in their early 40s. Name either of these Robbinsdale wrestlers.
0: Well, uh, hope he's alive and well. But we said the Million Dollar Man for zero points. Ah, Ted DiBiase.
5: We said
3: um, we said Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect, but officially locked in Rick Rude.
5: Yeah, you guys got both of them. Million Dollar Man is still alive. He actually he's uh, he still makes appearances on some indie shows um, around the area, but not alive, unfortunately, are Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning or ravishing Rick Rude. Mr. Perfect's actually buried right here in. Uh, Neighboring town New Hope, you can go down to the mausoleum and visit his tomb. So I've done that a couple of times, paid my respects. Question four books. Co written with Alex Haley, whose autobiography, which is widely regarded as one of the most important nonfiction works in American history, was published posthumously in 1965, nine months after his assassination.
0: You had a great idea on this one, Sydney. so I'll let you take it for 30 points.
2: Uh, based on the, the timing uh, and the, the co-author, we said Martin Luther King Jr.
4: Well, it's, uh, it's uh, kind of the same vein in which we were thinking. I'm pretty sure Alex Haley is the one who wrote Roots. Um, we were thinking about uh, Martin Luther King Jr., who I think it was 68, so we said Malcolm X.
5: Martin Luther King was assassinated in 1968. Malcolm X was assassinated in early 1965. This is the autobiography of Malcolm X, which if there's any nonfiction book that has impacted me pretty profoundly, that that one's it. Written in 1965, but the way that Malcolm X describes kind of like his reality growing up as a black man in the United States of America, it feels oftentimes like he could be talking about the world today. So highly recommend to anyone interested in such things. And question five, Minnesota sports. When it comes to championship droughts by state in men's professional sports, Minnesota is the driest by far. Of its four major professional sports teams, the twins were the last to bring home a championship by winning the 1991 World Series. Minnesota's other three teams, the Timberwolves, Vikings, and Wild, have never won a championship in their respective leagues. When you put all that together, how many consecutive championshipless seasons have these four teams completed since that World Series victory in the fall of 91? Closest guess gets the points.
0: Well, we did not uh, wager on this one, so we're basically just trying to block you guys from getting your points, and uh, hopefully. You'll lose some points. Um, we just added them all up, took out a couple strike seasons. Um, we didn't do what you wisely did, which was consider that the Wild came into the league later. But we said 124. Yeah, as you said, um, we figured it's been about
4: 32-ish years, um, and there was probably a couple strikes and lockouts, so that knocked it down a bit. Wild, I'm pretty sure, came into the league in 2001. We totaled it up for a 116. Hopefully that'll get it.
5: With the Twins being eliminated from the postseason uh, about a month ago, the total number of championshipless seasons that our Minnesota streak is at is 118. Very close, 120 if you count the North Stars, but that was that was not part of the question. So 118 points will go to uh, Neil and Jeff. Wow. Well.
3: Well, thankfully, Jeff was able to carry that final round other than the wrestling one, so appreciate that, Jeff. But it looks like Team Judgmental Day uh, is going to be giving us judgmental looks as they will lose 45 points, bringing their total to 152. And Team Fart Foundation uh, was saving up a lot of ammo, and it seems that uh, 150 points is a good amount of ammo because they will end with 348 farts points uh, to become today's cream of the crop.
1: Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in, but the cream will rise to the top. Oh yeah.
3: Yeah, looks like uh that blew up in our face. <laughs> a little bit. It did. Uh I, I just want to say, Sydney, what a uh, what a hard competitor uh, you were firing all cylinders today. That was uh, pretty exciting to watch. And whoever had you whoever... chosen more wisely—that was your only mistake. <laughs> Bill, just... Bill gave the warning like the ghost tried, of Christmas. I tried feast. to warn
4: you, Sydney. It was a shot across the bow, but it was unheeded
3: yeah i mean i think uh yeah sydney whatever team you're on for trivia you guys are a good team and they're very lucky to have you You know what it's
0: like it's like um when you do a workout and you run in the weighted the weighted rest. that's what it was she just was she's training
3: right right she's in training mode yeah um well (laughs) sydney uh thank you for for joining us anyone you'd like to shout out or, or anything else you'd like to say before we let you go today
2: yeah thanks for having me it was so much fun um I'll just give a plug for uh, if you are eligible and able and willing uh, to consider becoming a blood donor or even uh, to do it on the regular. Um, it's a great way to give back and you get free snacks. So.
3: Wise words. Yeah, definitely uh, uh, take those those yeah, words of advice. Cause, yeah. Uh, and Bill, uh, always great to have you here. We're excited to see one person wrestle, but uh, anything you'd like to say before we let you go today?
5: One last shout-out to Trivia Mafia, my favorite uh, trivia company up here in the Twin Cities. And if you're looking to add some daily trivia into your life, go to TriviaMafia.com. Subscribe to their daily rounds email. That is where I got the questions for today's first round. So every morning around 6.30, 6.45, you get an email. It's got five questions. They're always super fun. I play with my friend Annie, who I'm also going to shout out because she uh, has been very frustrated that I've not shouted her out the first few times I've been on the show. So Annie, um, me and her compete every week, and the winner each week, or I should say the loser each week, has to donate $10 to a charity. Of that's a great way to play trivia. That's how we use the Trivia Mafia rounds. And and Annie did beat me this most recent week. Um, Even answered Monday's questions... Two hours before she gave birth to her second son, she was like two minutes between <laughs> contractions, and still beat me on the the Monday question. So Annie is a warrior. Annie here is your shout out. Um, now please, you gotta pass me. time somehow.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, well, you yeah, know, thank you so much, Bill, uh, for being here, and shout out to your students if any of them were going to listen to this. It was a great game, especially that movie round was really, really inventive and really cool. So uh, always a pleasure to have you here. Thank you both for being Patreon supporters, but Ken. Uh, speaking of wrestling, uh, you're in the center of the ring right now because uh, we have one more, one more uh, entity to shout out to behind the, the stage. Yes, and that entity,
0: as uh, Neil calls it, is
3: Airwave Media, our network. You can find
0: them at airwavemedia.com. And check out other podcasts such as A Mindful Moment, Sleep Tight Science, and The Unbiased Science Podcast.
3: Well, yeah, definitely check out those shows. We're excited to be a part of the network. And for Matt and Jeff and Ken and bill and sydney my name is neil and we will see you cleveland 2024 at the thunderdome or whatever your stadium's called hello you i don't know i was gonna try to get into a wrestling thing but then i lost interest when i heard cleveland so sorry everyone from cleveland (laughs) uh we hope you enjoy triviality we'll see you next week